and welcome to the 55th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimers. Heavy spoilers ahead. Turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. Also, one correction from last week. Uh, We were talking about the Puppet Master franchise, and I referred to the head of Full Moon Pictures Full Moon Entertainment as Charles Brand. His last name is actually Band, B-A-N-D, instead of Brand. So sorry about that. This week, we're talking about All Hallows' Eve and Terrifier. There are three movies total in the franchise, and another one's on the way. The first one, All Hallows' Eve from 2013. This is an anthology that has three segments, written, directed, and edited by Daniel Leone. This was his film debut, starring uh, Katie McGuire as Sarah, the babysitter, Catherine Callahan as Caroline, Marie Masser as the costume designer, and Kaya Leon as Casey. And Art the Clown was played by Mike Gianelli. Runtime on this film was 83 minutes, so very short. The second movie is All Hallows' Eve 2. This is one that many people don't even know exists, and that's from 2015, so two years later. It was released straight to VOD. It's another anthology. This time it has nine segments by different directors. So I won't list all of them. Just a couple are Jesse Bayett, Elias, Baravides, Andres, Boggy, Mark, Burrs, Jay, Halbin, etc. And it's written by many of the same people. Starring Andrea Manier and Damian Manier, April Adamson, Sergian Barone, uh, Griffin Gluck, etc. And this movie is not connected with any of the other movies in any way, except that it's from the same production company, uh, which is Ruthless Pictures, and the same producer-director, Jesse Baguette, who did the wraparound story. The runtime here is 91 minutes. And then the third movie is called Terrifier. That's from 2016, so one year later. Uh, The difference between this and the other two films is this is not an anthology. Again, it was written, directed, uh, co-produced, and edited by Damien Leone. This time, Art the Clown is played by David Howard Thornton and starring Catherine Corcoran as Dawn, Jenna Carnell as Tara, Samantha Scafidi as Victoria, and again, Katie McGuire from the first movie is in this one, but as a different character. This time, she's Monica who is a woman that interviews the person at the beginning of the segment. And runtime is 86 minutes. Uh, There is a Terrifier 2 currently in development. We'll talk about that a little more in a second. Where to find these movies? All Hallows' Eve 1 and 2 are available for free on Amazon Prime, as well as Tubi. Terrifier is on Netflix. And the movies are available in the usual spots for 3 to $4 each, so Vudu, uh, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, etc. They are not currently on Shudder or Hulu. Rotten Tomatoes scores. All Hallows' Eve was not rated by critics. Audiences gave it a 31%. 
All Hallows Eve 2, not rated by critics, audiences gave it a 14%. And Terrifier, critics gave it a 67%, audiences gave it a 54%. So obviously you can see a big difference between Terrifier and the other two films. I'm just going to go over the pilot real quick of all the segments and read what IMDb says. So for the first one, uh, All, Hallows, All Hallows Eve, IMDb says, A babysitter finds a VHS tape with um, which features various sinister murders performed by a psychotic clown. So again, as I said, this is an anthology with three stories. The wraparound story is about a woman named Sarah who's babysitting two kids, Tia and Timmy, on Halloween. And Timmy ends up with a mysterious VHS tape in his bag, which Sarah reluctantly uh, agrees to let them watch. Now, the first uh, story out of the three, a woman... Uh, named Casey is in a metro station and she encounters a clown who we later learn is named Art the Clown who drugs her and she wakes up locked up with two women. There's a bunch of weird creatures and possibly Satan himself. He's got a big red head and he looks like a cheaper version of the devil from Legend. I think his name was Darkness that was played by uh, Tim Curry. Um, and it's all downhill from there. There's a rape, there's a pregnancy, there's a woman whose belly sliced, there's blood drinking, etc. So we're really not sure what's going on with that movie. And in the second segment, a woman named Caroline is home alone. There's a power outage. And it turns out an alien has crash landed nearby and he's after Caroline. So she hides, she runs screaming through the house. At the end of the movie, the alien finds her and drags her away, and as he pulls her across the floor, she pulls the cloth off of a painting that her husband had done, and it's the big old face of Art the Clown. Um, so that's the only place Art appears in this segment, and the alien in this movie is really, really hokey. It's like got an alien mask, it's got some like tubes so it can breathe, like an oxygen tank, um, it moves around very strangely. I don't know if the direction to the actor, or I think it's an actress, was to pretend you're underwater. Uh, anyway, it really made me laugh. It was so weird looking. Um, so that's what happened in the second segment. The third segment, a costume designer stops at a lonely gas station. The and the attendant is killed by Art the Clown, and then he starts chasing her. She drives away several times. She hides in the shed, but Art crawls up uh, through the ground. She gets back in the car. Art mysteriously appears in the back seat, puts a bag over her head, and tries to suffocate her. And in the end, she wakes up. She's on like an operating table, and Art has call, uh, carved a number of vulgar, vulgar terms into her. Um, and she also sees that he has chopped off both her arms and her legs. So that's a pretty um, shocking scene um, when they do the overhead scene of her body. Um, this is my favorite of the three segments, though. Um, and the end of the wraparound story, Sarah discovers that she is in one of the VHS segments as Art the Clown murders the children, leaving their decapitated heads for her to find. 
Um, and we don't know what happens to Sarah, but we assume that Art kills her because it's his usual M.O. And um, that clown is definitely not messing around. And the clown was by far the best part of the entire film. So that's the first movie. The second one, All Hallows Eve 2, IMDb says, A woman finds a VHS tape on her doorstep that shows a series of gruesome tales that could be real, but the true danger is the pumpkin-faced killer that's using the tape to find his next victim. As I said previously, this movie has nothing to do with the other one, and Art the Clown is nowhere to be seen in this movie. Um, this is actually just nine previously released short uh, films that were cobbled together into an anthology, and then they wrote the wraparound story. Um, let's see. I'm going to go over each of the segments really quickly. So the first one, well, let's talk about the wraparound story first. So a woman, uh, played by Andrea Monier, sees a guy with a weird pumpkin face mask outside of her apartment, and then she finds a ratty VHS tape to watch. Um, so of course she does. But this is pretty much the same plot, um, as the uh, movie's VHS, so go figure. Uh, it would be interesting if someone did this today because people would be like, what do you want me to do with this? I don't have a VHS player. So that only worked at that time. So the first um, short movie is called Jack Attack, and it's a babysitter is teaching a kid how to carve a pumpkin, but the pumpkin has other ideas, and I'm not sure this was meant to be a comedy, but it was pretty funny. I would like to see this as, I think, um, a longer movie. Next up is The Last Halloween. So four kids are trick-or-treating, and they're a ghost, a devil, a witch, and I can't remember who else. So the twist here is it seems like they're in some sort of nightmarish reality. So they end up going, after they stop at a few houses, to a well-fortified house where they refuse to uh, give them a treat. And so you can guess what happens next. The kids come inside the house and they end up turning into uh, ghoulish demons. Um, and the husband and wife uh, looks like they're goners. So I'm not sure if the demon kids caused all the destruction that we see. Um, if so, I think this would be another interesting uh, longer film. Next up, The Offering. A father and son race through the woods in order to make a required sacrifice, but the father forgot the meat for the sacrifice. And so what he does is he locks his son outside the truck so that the monster takes the son. So, so much for paternal instincts. Uh, we never see or learn anything about who the sacrifice is intended for, but it is implied that it's not good. Next is called A Boy's Life, and a boy pretends to play soldier as he pines for his absent father, who may be dead or away in the military. Uh, meanwhile, he's trying to fight a monster in his room, and his mother doesn't believe him when he says there's a monster there. But eventually, she gives in and plays with him, and then it looks like the monster ends up dragging her under the bed. What I did like about this relationship is it had a very sweet, um, I mean about this short movie was had a very sweet relationship between the mother and the son. Next, The Descent. 
Uh, a woman witnesses her friend being slaughtered and must hide in a closet. Uh, sometimes later, she's trapped in an elevator of what seems to be with the same guy. So she takes matters into her own hands and stabs him to death with an ink pen. The problem is, can she trust her own reality? Because once she gets out of the elevator, uh, first she sees the same guy everywhere that she turns, and then when she looks again, they're all different people. So I thought this was one of the more effective stories. Number, uh, what's that, six is Informasicus. This is very short, only three minutes long. And several teenagers are at a carnival where they use real weapons against a masked person strapped to a board. There was not enough going on here for me to care. Then next is Mr. Trickers Treat. Uh, one, this is one of my favorites of the set. And a man prepares for Halloween and has some very realistic decorations. So I'd like to see uh, that story fleshed out as well. And lastly... Uh, a short film called Alexia. A man's girlfriend passes away some time ago and he goes to delete her social media. Uh, not one of my favorites. And in the end of the wraparound story, should come as no surprise that the pumpkin face guy who is on the video ends up being in the room behind the woman and it looks like she's a goner. No surprise there. Pretty much the same ending as the first All Hallows' Eve. Now on to Terrifier, which is the best of the three movies. IMDb says, On Halloween night, Tara Hayes finds herself the obsession of a sadistic murderer known as Art the Clown. Two girls head to a pizza parlor after a Halloween party. Uh, there they see a strange clown, and he tries to get one of the girls' attention while the other is drunk and forces Art to take a selfie, which will be a really bad, is a bad idea, which... Uh, We'll see a little bit later. Uh, Art um, is kicked out by the, I guess, the owner, the two guys working in the pizza parlor, and he goes in the bathroom where he uh, smears feces all over the place and then writes his name in feces on the wall. He kills the two guys in a very macabre fashion, chops off one of them's head and put candles in it, and then next... Um, Tara and Don are, Tara decides at that point she's got to go to the bathroom and there's an abandoned building where it's being fumigated and so she begs the guy to let her in. He lets her in. If I was her, uh, I believe I would hold it till I got home. Uh, of course, Art follows her there and in the most shocking kill of the series, he slices her friend Don from stern to stem, so he hangs her upside down, and then he just slices straight down, splits her body in half until it gets to the head, and then he comes back to take a quick selfie. So that's the end of poor Don. Then he continues um, stalking, um, what's her name, Tara, and she tries to get away from him, uh, and then he eventually shoots her a couple of times. And then he offs the exterminator. And then there's a woman there who is mentally ill, has a baby doll who thinks it's real. And it looks like um, maybe she's found a soft spot in art. But nope, he kills her too. 
And then, meanwhile, Tara's sister, Victoria, she had called her earlier. Um, and Victoria has come over to look for her sister. She goes into the same building. She gets chased by Art as well. And when the police arrive, he is eating Victoria's face. In a surprise twist, so the person that we thought would be the final girl, Tara, is not the final girl. And then in a surprise twist, Art pulls a gun from his sock and shoots himself in the head. And then in the final scene, we see his body at the morgue. And uh, somehow he just resurrects and off he goes again. And at the very beginning of this movie, which I should have mentioned earlier, there's a scene where a woman whose face is severely disfigured is talking about um, the massacre. And then the uh, TV host, who's played by, as I said, the same actress who played the babysitter in the first movie, uh, is talking to someone on the phone and saying how horrible the woman looked. And meanwhile, the woman apparently is hiding behind some clothes in her dressing room. And then... Uh, kills the woman dead by bashing in her face. So we learn at the end of this movie that that was actually Victoria, who, remember, had her face eaten off. And the events we see at the very beginning of the film are actually what happened um, one year later. So that's where that went. Don't think about that too much because uh, I don't know how Victoria found her way to the woman's dressing room. She doesn't have any eyeballs and how she knew to hide behind some clothes. But whatever, that's what happened in that movie. Now on to some trivia. There isn't that much for these films, but I will tell you what I got. So there are a number of different movies named All Hallows' Eve, so that can be confusing. Uh, besides the ones we covered here... There's also a 2016 movie where a girl celebrates her birthday on Halloween and learns that she's a witch. There's also an All Hallows' Eve October 30th. Then there's Just Hallows' Eve, without the all in front of it. And that one has Danielle Harris. Of course, she's on Halloween Hatchet and a bunch of other stuff. And it's about a cruel Halloween prank gone wrong. So if you want to watch these movies, just make sure that you read the review and make sure that it says All Hallows' Eve. Um, in the first movie, the short films on the VHS tape were all, uh, older, older short films that Damien Leone had created, including The Ninth Circle, that was the first movie he originally did in 2018, and then Terrifier, that was the last segment, which he, um, did a short film about in 2011. And the short film Terrifier won an Audience Choice Award in 2011 at Shock, Shock, Shockerfest and Best Grindhouse Film at the Louisville Fright Night Film Fest in 2012. Terrifier premiered at the Telluride Horror Show Film Festival in October 2016 and was picked up um, by Dread Central Presents and Epic Pictures for a limited theatrical release in 2018. David Howard Thornton had previous mime experience, and that really helped with his performance in the movie The Terrifier, and that was his film debut. Both of the lead women in The Terrifier were filming other movies at the same time, so it was hard to coordinate their schedules. Catherine Corcoran was filming Chuck, and Jenna Cannell was filming The Bye-Bye Man. 
Jenna asked to remain tied up between scenes in order to get a feeling for the character. And at the beginning of the Terrifier, there's a sign on Mar Monica's dressing room that says, The end is just a new beginning. This foreshadows that, like I said previously, the first scene is actually the last. There are a couple of good podcasts um, with interviews about uh, people in these movies. Uh, the Red River Podcast, episode 31, has a good interview with Damien Leone about the movies. And uh, the podcast called An Earful, episode 19, has an interview with David Howard Thornton. Terrifier 2 is due out in October 2020. It was crowdsourced via Indiegogo, and I think it like doubled or tripled the amount of money they were asking for. So it did very well. Um, and if you contributed money, they offer to let you be killed by Art the Clown as thanks for your help in the movie. So apparently we're going to see a lot of that. Um, and there is supposed to be an epically gory mass casualty scene in Terrifier 2. That's probably where they're uh, putting those people, but uh, I'm interested to see how that goes. IMDB for Terrifier 2 that's up so far says, After being resurrected by a sinister entity, Arthur Clown returns to Miles County, and it was called the Miles County Massacre, where he must hunt down and destroy a teenage girl and her younger brother on Halloween night. Pray you don't get in his way. There are a few other famous faces that are slated to be in Terrifier 2, and as of November of last year, comicbook.com um, said Felicia Rose of Sleepaway Camp is joining the cast as a character named Miss Principal. There's also Tamara Glenn from Halloween 5, uh, Jason Lively from Night of the Creeps, and Lauren Lavera from Iron Fist. Uh, if you want to get details about Terrifier 2, if you follow uh, hashtag Terrifier 2 on Twitter, you'll see some of the um, photos they release on occasion. I don't believe filming has wrapped. I'm not sure. I think it started in like um, November, December of last year, so I assume it's done, but I'm, I'm not sure. Why should you watch these movies? Well, the two All Hallows' Eve movies are not the greatest in the world, but they're not as horrible as I would have expected them to be. Um, and the great thing about anthologies is if you don't like a segment, just wait a couple minutes and there will be a new story. Um, also, Terrifier, while those two are considered anthologies, Terrifier would be considered a slasher movie and even uh, fall into the torture porn a subgenre due to its very extreme violence, which is not for everybody. I'm typically not a big fan of torture porn, but I have to say I really, really like Art the Clown a lot. I, you know, I probably shouldn't, but I do. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think he's going to end up being an iconic character uh, because he's just uh, different enough, it, you know, it's something new and fresh than what we've seen. Yes, we've seen killer clowns, killer clowns before, but he really uh, adds something to the character. The character never speaks, but he, you know, he's very thin. He's kind of got a little crook in his nose. He wears a little tiny black hat, which is funny for some reason. He carries around a garbage bag where he's got all his stuff inside it. 
and he rides around on a little tricycle. So um, I think he's going to end up being a very iconic character. Um, so I'm really interested to see where they go with the second Terrifier. Let's see, what else can I say about art? Um, oh, art kills people also in a number of different ways. You know, usually you have whoever, you know, Jason or Freddy or um, Michael Myers who stabs somebody all the time. But art really kills people in many, many different ways. He beats them with a cat of nine tails. He shoots them. He stabs them. Um... All sorts of stuff. And also, I think, from based on the first movie, hopefully they'll expand on this more in uh, Terrifier 2, but that art seems to be some sort of demon. Um, and that's why well, he just went and shot himself because he knew he was just going to be resurrected in the morgue anyway. Um, and that's how he can like pop up in certain places, like in the third segment of All Hallows' Eve, where he ended up popping up um, in the ground um, when the woman was trying to hide from him and how he ended up popping up in her backseat of her car, even though he wasn't originally there. So, uh, it's definitely hard to get away from a demon clown. Um, so that adds a interesting, um, what's the word? Um, an interesting, uh, new take on the, uh, killer clown genre. So, on to recipes. There wasn't a lot to go on, obviously, with these movies, but since Art showed up in a pizza parlor at Halloween, I went with pizza this week. And there are a number of different types of pizza. Um, I will include the link to a website called webstaurantstore.com, W-E-B-S-T-A-U-R-A-N-T-S-T-O-R-E.com where it just lists a couple of different types of pizza and what makes them different. The original pizza that was brought over from Italy is called the Neapolitan. It was from Naples. It has a thin crust. Then we have Chicago deep dish pizza. We have New York style, uh, which uh, we'll talk about again in a second. We have Sicilian, Greek, California, Detroit, and St. Louis style pizza. So the differences between a couple of those, obviously the original, uh, you know, uh, the Neapolitan, uh, it's a very thin crust, and variations include pizza marinara and pizza margarita and pizza margarita extra. Uh, they have tomatoes, garlic, oregano, uh, extra vir virgin olive oil, or sliced mozzarella, um, and sometimes basil. And then deep dish pizza, of course, is much, much thicker. Um, I think that's a, that's a lot of people's favorites. I know that's my brother's favorite. Um, and what can I say about that? Um... Generally, the toppings for Chicago pizza are ground beef, sausage, pepperoni, onion, mushrooms, and green peppers placed underneath the tomato sauce. Um, some locations will finish off their pizzas with a sprinkle of Parmesan cheese across the tomato sauce. Then there's New York-style pizza, and it has large foldable slices and a crispy outer crust. It is uh, a variation of the Neapolitan pizza, 
and it is a thinner crust. The Sicilian pizza is actually uh, has a crunchy crust and robust tomato sauce, and it's a square pizza. It can be served with or without cheese, and often the cheese is underneath the sauce to prevent the pie from becoming soggy. Sicilian pizzas were brought to America in the 19th century by Sicilian immigrants and became popular in the U.S. after World War II. Often topped with tomato, onion, arc, uh, anchovies, and herbs. Then there's the Greek pizza, um, which is just another slight variation. It's especially popular in the New England states and features a thick and chewy crust cooked in shallow oiled pans. Uh, resulting in a nearly uh, deep-fried bottom. It has a crust that's puffier and chewier than the thin crust pizza. It's not quite as thick as deep dish or Sicilian crust. Greek pizza is usually heavier on the sauce than the cheese. Um, and it may feature a variety of non-Greek or Greek toppings such as feta cheese, black olives, and red onions. California pizza uh, is named because it was vended in the 1700s in California. And he, uh, let's see, the guy who ended up, Chef Ed Ladau, L-A-D-O-U, was experimenting with pizzas in a classic Italian restaurant, uh, Prego, and he created a bunch of different varieties. And he ended up starting the California uh Pizza Kitchen restaurant chain. Uh, when it comes to California pizza, there's no such thing as traditional toppings. The lack of specificity allows you to get inventive, and you can include anything from chicken to anchovies to goat cheese to egg, etc. Uh, Detroit pizza is um, Topped with pepperoni, followed by brick cheese, which is spread to the very edges of the pan, yielding a caramelized cheese perimeter. Sauce is then spooned over the pizza, an order similar to Chicago-style pizza. This pizza features a thick, extra crispy crust that is tender and airy on the inside. And as I said, um, can be topped with pepperoni, brick cheese, usually Wisconsin brick cheese and tomato sauce, and other toppings such as mushrooms and olives. And lastly, the St. Louis pizza. So St. Louis pizza features a thin crust in a cracker-like consistency that is made without yeast. Uh, due to the crispy crust, St. Louis pizza is usually cut into three or four inch rectangles known as uh, party or tavern cuts. And the pizza features... Provolone processed cheese, which is a gooey combination of cheddar, Swiss, and provolone cheeses. Um, what else can I tell you about that? Also has a sweeter tomato sauce uh, with a hefty dose of oregano. So that is the uh, St. Louis pizza. So that gives you, uh, I think, what's that, six or seven different varieties of pizza. Again, I'll include those links in the show notes. And that's really it for this week. Um, where to find us? 
We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check out our website at foodandfrighteningfilms.podbean.com. In conclusion, um, like I said, these movies aren't for everybody. If you got to watch one, I'd say definitely watch The Terrifier if you like slashers or torture porn movies. Um, if you're a bit squeamish about those, you don't want to watch this movie because it really, really is ultra-violent and Terrifier 2 is going to be even more violent. So, like I said, I really like the character of Arthur Clown. I think he's very novel, um, and I think that he's going to end up um, being uh, one of the main villains in uh, horror I don't, will he get as popular as Freddy or Michael or Jason? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe if they make more movies after this. But um, he really has a, a big groundswell of uh, support from the horror community and uh, from people at conventions or people wearing, you know, art uh, T-shirts. Uh, lots of art memes floating around on the Internet. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be... Uh, seeing more of art in the near future. So until then, if you run into art, run the other way. Do not try to take a selfie with him. You'll be sorry. And hope you have a great week. Thanks. Bye.